We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at LourdesDenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everyone. So today we have the Feast of the Presentation. Um, the presentation, what that's about biblically, is in Exodus chapter 13, God commands that firstborn sons in Israel are consecrated to God. And that's what's happening today, is that Joseph and Mary bring Jesus to be consecrated to God. Uh, there's a second thing we're going to get to in a second. St. Luke here in Luke chapter 2 he shows us also that when Joseph and Mary went to the temple, they also went through another uh, law in the Old Testament, uh, which is the purification of Mary. So after a woman has a baby, she has to be purified. And we'll get to that in a second. Finally, one last thing to mention today, because we're not really going to talk about it. Traditionally in Catholicism, today we light candles. And the reason for that is that we talked last week a little bit about light and darkness, and today, Simeon the prophet says, Lord, now you let your servant go in peace. My eyes, uh, your word has been fulfilled for my own eyes, have seen the salvation uh, which you have brought to the whole world, right? A light for revelation to the nations. And so today, what the, what the church wants to say to us is that that one light of God is not just for Israel. It goes to the whole world, and so they, we would bless candles traditionally, but I'm not doing it because I don't love you. I'm no, just kidding. We didn't schedule that today, but that's why we do this. We bless candles on uh, the Feast of the Presentation, sometimes called Candle Mass, as that symbol that the light of Christ's truth is meant for everyone. And that's great news. Today I have a, but we're not going to talk about that. Today I have a title for the sermon. Um, I want to call today's sermon, Love Will Make You Poor, and Love Will Make You Vulnerable. Love will make you poor, and love will make you vulnerable. And today I want to show you that vulnerability is an aspect, it's a form, it's a type of poverty. Being vulnerable with others is a, t is a way of being poor. And in fact, it's a greater thing than material poverty. Vulnerability means that I don't have all the answers. And the, the word vulnus in Latin, where we get vulnerability, means a wound. It means that I'm actually capable of being wounded. And we don't like that. I don't like being wounded. No one does. This past week was Catholic Schools Week, and it's one of the highlights of the year for our school. It's so fun. Every year in Catholic Schools Week, we have um, this, this big highlight of the week that's the culmination of everything. It's the eighth grade versus the teachers in volleyball. It's a big deal. Um, and like we, this week we had it, and like, you know, you think like the Super Bowl is going to be crazy today? come to the 8th grade versus teachers volleyball game. It is crazy. All the kids get in the gym, and as we grow as a school, it's just louder and louder. 
And it's just, it's so fun. And so I walked in this week, and one of our staff members, Patrick, and Father Mike and I, we went and we, we joined in the game, and we'll get to that in a second. But we walked in, and it is like, it's like how the Broncos feel when you're playing the Raiders, and you've got those guys with like the face paint and the spikes coming out. It felt that way. One of our, our school moms told me that her son, I think he's in kindergarten, that she walked into the game, and her son's just sitting there, and he's just going, boo, teachers, <laughs> boo, you know, and I'm like, Catholic schools, <laughs> yes, but it's funny, so you go to that game, and every year I go to that game, and it's so fun, and I don't want to be vulnerable, and it's kids and teachers, right, and I've said it before, no offense teachers, but classical school teachers are not generally known for their athletic prowess. Now, I was impressed by some of them just because, like, whoa. I was like, we had some ringers out there. But anyway, I went out, and I was playing, and your, your like, competitive energies start coming out. And I'm like, and we played with eighth graders this year. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Boo, teachers. <laughs> we got we to gotta beat these guys. Um, but you feel it on the teacher side, too, is there's, like, the teachers are like, oh, man, we got to beat the eighth graders. Got to get them. And the teachers, uh, there was a little bit of a Billy Madison moment. Remember Billy Madison? He goes back to school, right? And, like, the, like, little kids are, like, shooting baskets. And he's like, oh, take that, you know? And I was like, and our teachers, you could feel a little bit of that. So I will see you all in confession. Um, but I literally had, and I have to do this every year, I had to take myself off the court and be like, oh, it's okay. They're children. <laughs> You're a priest. Get it together, man. <laughs> but anyway, I want to use that as an image of like what happens is in life, not, we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want we want to be the kind of people there is no weakness. Right? I can't be beat. And it was fun with it with the volleyball game. It was a great time. We've talked about how we, we should do more things like that. Uh, but you and I do that in life where we want to make ourselves the kind of people where can't be beaten. I've got everything together. I have got my perfect externals. I know everything about everything, and I just can't be beaten. I am not vulnerable. And sometimes, I think that's one of the obstacles people have with God. Is there's this, this thing with God where we say, God's unbeatable. He's perfect, right? He, he can't be beaten. And here's the basic message I just want to challenge you to today. If you're a Christian, you're called to be vulnerable. We're going to talk today about how Mary's heart, right, her soul, Simeon the prophet, tells Mary that her soul is going to be pierced by a sword. If you're going to be a Christian, it means you have to open yourself to the possibility of being wounded and suffering. And I've got good news for you. God did it first. And it's not expected of you to go first in that movement. God today, what I want to show you, is a God who is not capable of suffering. As part of the definition of, of his divinity, is that God is incapable of suffering. But when he became a man, he made himself vulnerable. Love will make you poor, Love will make you vulnerable. 
It'll make, it, it'll make you do things you never would have done otherwise. Love will drive you so far. If you really love, love will drive you to make your life the kind of life where people can hurt you. And that's a beautiful thing. So in the gospel today is so cool. Um, I told the last Mass. So when, you, when we come to the gospel today, we're, we're told that Joseph and Mary come to the temple. And it says, uh, Every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what it is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now here's where we got to know our Bible, folks. We gotta see, I hope you read this this week. I hope every week you say, gosh, I wonder what the church of God, I wonder what the readings they want to speak to us this week are. What does my mother, the church, want to say to me? And I hope you read through those during the week. And you say, gosh, I wonder what Father Brian's going to say at Mass. This quotation today, right, I know you know it. It's from Leviticus 12.8. We're all going to get tattoos afterwards, like right here, right? <laughs> Leviticus 12.8. But anyway, what that is, is that when Mary, and I want to go back to this, Mary is purified today. She has to be purified in the temple as every woman in Israel did after they had a baby, so Mary's purified, and I love this. When, what, the, what Leviticus 12 says is when you go to be purified in the temple, your offering is a lamb and one turtle dove or pigeon. But Luke 2, see, this is where Luke assumes that you and I are listening to the word of God. And so when it says two turtle doves, is what Joseph and Mary offered, that should catch our ear. Which is why you have Leviticus 12.8 tattooed on your, your tricep. Right? I'm at the gym and I'm like, see that? Leviticus 12.8. Leviticus 12.8 says that that's what you're to offer, a lamb and a turtle dove. Unless you're poor. And if you're poor and you can't afford a lamb, you can offer two turtle doves. So Luke chapter 2 shows us today that Joseph and Mary were poor. They couldn't afford a lamb to offer. And I love that. I love that. Jesus, 2 Corinthians 8 9 says this, it says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who though he was rich, for your sake became poor. Love will make you poor. Love will make you vulnerable. So Jesus was poor. There's all kinds of, of uh, gospel passages about his poverty. But I want to point you to a deeper poverty, not just material. Material matters sometimes. Right, material poverty is, is, not, is not something we have to be, but we need to be aware that wealth can make us think we don't need God. And whatever the size of your bank account is, you and I are the type of people who are called to know that I'm not safe because I have a certain amount of money. I am safe because I'm a son of God or I'm a daughter of God. 
And so I don't have to put my trust in other things because God is my refuge. So Jesus is born into poverty. But I want to say, what I want to talk about today, though, is that there's a much deeper poverty than material poverty. Right? In Luke's gospel, when he talks about the Beatitudes, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Not just that I happen to be materially poor, but there's something spiritual. There's a spiritual poverty that runs deeper. And our second reading talked about that. In, in the letter to the Hebrews, right at the end of that it says, Jesus had to be made like his brethren in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. He himself has, been, has suffered and been tempted. Here's the thing. God can't suffer. When you study the, the great theologians of church history, when you study the great philosophers of all the world, part of the definition of God is that he is what's called impassable. And the, the word in Latin, passio, means to suffer. It is impossible for God to suffer. Except when he took a human nature to himself. And so God was rich. He was rich that he wasn't able to suffer. He couldn't be beat by the eighth graders. Right? He is indestructible. But because he loved us, he made himself Love will make you poor. Love will make you vulnerable. And my big challenge to you this morning, brothers and sisters, is that it's not enough to be an Orthodox Christian. And or, what does Orthodoxy mean? Orthodoxy means you believe the teachings of the church. You have to believe that. That's, that's baseline, you know, Christianity. You have to believe the teachings of the church. Not enough. Christ did not die on the cross for you so that you would think correctly. That matters, but it's insufficient. You've got to be vulnerable. Love will make you poor. It will make you vulnerable. Love will make you give up things in my safe space where I control everything and no one can get to me. And I have this fortress to keep people out. Love will make you vulnerable. The companions of Christ, my community... We have a paragraph about this, and we say, we say that vulnerability is the heart of what it means to be in our community. I'm really bad at it, very honestly. I really am, because when you're vulnerable, it means that you can suffer. And I've, I've been convicted recently that I really need to grow in this, but here's what it says in paragraph 10. I know you all have your copy. Paragraph 10 of our rule of life says this. It says, captivated by the beauty of divine vulnerability captivated by the beauty of divine vulnerability. God has made himself capable of being hurt because he loves us. And he didn't have to. He was born into poverty, but not just in material poverty, a poverty where his heart can be pierced. And that's captivating. 
captivated by the beauty of divine vulnerability. The companion, or the companion of Christ is my community, responds with courage, rendering vulnerable, right, opening himself, rendering vulnerable his own opaque interiority. Deacon Darrell's son wrote that line, and we make fun of him for that, because I'm like, what does that mean? What is opaque interiority? But here's a beautiful line, and I will give, Father John wrote this too, so I have to praise him. It's beautiful. This is a beautiful paragraph. Father John says this in our rule. He says that in the risk of rejection, that's vulnerability. Vulnerability is I'm not safe. I don't control all things. It's actually possible for me to suffer. In the risk of rejection, he gains the possibility of communion. I think it's my favorite line in our rule of life. In the risk of rejection, right? If you're going to be vulnerable, there's a possibility you might be rejected. Jesus was in heaven, perfectly united to the Father. There is no rejection. But in his poverty, where he becomes a man, takes a human nature to himself, Jesus becomes the stone that is rejected. In the risk of rejection, he gains the possibility of communion. Being a Christian, brothers and sisters, means being vulnerable. It means letting go of being the one who has everything under control, the one whose heart has walls around it. To be a Christian means to become weak. Right? Christ made himself weak for us. And I want to leave you with this today. As always, the perfect model of what it means to be a Christian is the mother of God. She's a perfect model for all of us. Right? And Mary... To follow Jesus. And he leads. He always goes first. Isn't that beautiful? I always want someone to go ahead of me. Jesus always goes first. But Mary is the perfect response. And so Simeon the prophet speaks to Mary today. And he says, This child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign that will be spoken against. And then he turns to Mary. And it's interesting. He doesn't say this to Joseph. He says it to Mary. Just Marian, and Luke highlights that. He says, he turns to Mary and says, a sword will pierce through your own soul. Does that describe your faith? To be a real Christian means to risk something. It means that the world is no longer my security. It's no longer the thing that makes me safe and happy and lets me know that I'm okay. I take the risk of setting out to follow someone who is crucified. And Mary did that. It's no accident that the two greatest hearts that have ever existed, right, the heart of Jesus and the heart of Mary, both of those hearts are pierced. 
You and I are called to vulnerability. We're called to suffer. Not because God, you know, wants us to be miserable, but brothers and sisters, because we know what it means to be loved. And because I know I'm loved, because I know that Jesus went ahead of me, because I know that I am a son and not a slave, because I know that, I can open myself. My heart can grow in courage, even to the point where my heart can be pierced. And so Jesus, today on this Feast of the Presentation, Lord, may your light, may it spread to all the world and that, that instinct in every one of us as human beings. Lord, may we be more than normal. May we be Christian. And instead of building up earthly walls for security, Lord, may we be poor and may our hearts be vulnerable.